Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Truth Revival. My name is Roman Hamilton. This is Season 3, Episode 8. With me today, we got a full house. First of all, we got Mr. Nationwide, Paul Chapman. How are you today, Paul? Good, Rome. I'm not Nationwide today. I was supposed to be traveling, but I'm here. <laughs> it worked out because I really wanted to be here with Spencer. My son got injured this week. I didn't know, find out till yesterday, so he's not playing today. So he's like, Dad, don't drive four and a half hours to watch me stand over here and I'm like I got it so I'll uh I'll hit you again so you know just pray for him he hurt his hip he's a little down and out but hey God knows God knows amen <laughs> God knows that's right you're here for a reason yep uh and Paul's already kind of spilled the beans uh, uh with us today we've got um probably the the man who's really uh, influenced this show to, to help us really reach out to so many people. And that's Mr. Spencer Coon. Spencer Coon, when he shared his testimony, uh, our podcast just kind of blew up. Yeah. It's funny. Cause whenever anybody asked me about it and, and they've never heard it, that's the episode I send them. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what I tell people when they're like, Hey, what is truth of Bible? I'm like, this episode, you need to yeah, check out this check one out first. This one. Yep. Yeah. Spencer Coon. So Spencer, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hallelujah. Well, you brought somebody with you today. I asked you to bring Brother Tony. Uh, Brother Tony, if you will, just introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about Tony. Uh, my name's Tony Meeks. I've uh, I've been walking with the Lord about 10 years now. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Lord really put Spencer in my path. Uh, it was an answered prayer as I needed, as I needed someone. So uh, God is always faithful no, no matter what, if you yeah. cry out to the Lord, he will, he will supply your needs. And, and this is just proof of it, you know, walking this, this restored life, you know, getting to, getting to work and do good things with your hands to be able to help those that are in need and, and just, and, and it's just simple obedience. It's not the real profound things that you think it's going to be. It's not, it's just uh, loving the ones around you, asking God to show you, give you an opportunity to bless somebody and just mm-hmm. to pour the love that's so freely been given to me. It's just, it's amazing. You know, when you see, you see tears of joy well up in people's eyes, when you just show them a, a little act of kindness and just a little love in this, in this dark and broken world. And that's really all I try to do every day. I don't, I, I, I just try to, I got the joy of the Lord in my heart and I just try to share it with everybody, you know, I, and that's, that's what God has given me. It's one of the greatest too. love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. You know, right. love it, God, love your neighbor. Man, it's, and all things fall together, dude. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. I mean, it's not very hard boys. You know, <laughs> we try to complicate things so much yeah. and it's really that simple. It yeah. really is. He, he made it so simple. It's just love God and love your neighbor. And you, you said it, Tony, uh, when, when you do those things and you see the people's reaction, it, it it's instant gratification in the spirit. You know, yeah. the Lord is happy with you and, and what you're doing. And he rewards that stuff, man, because that's what he wants. Yeah. He just, he just wants people to love one another, yeah. love one another, you know, and uh, it's amazing watching him work and, and rearrange people. Yeah, that's what that's what it says in Ephesians. I think it's Ephesians six. He said he rewards those who 
who uh, go above and beyond or who who obey his commandments, yeah. you know, and that's that's really what it boils down to is yeah. just, you know, putting dying to self and just putting your the other's needs above your own. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice, right? <laughs> those who diligently seek him. Yeah. Amen to that. That's for sure. <clears throat> well, guys, uh, something that uh, I kind of messaged you all a little bit about uh, a topic beforehand. Um, something that's happening right now in our culture are these revivals. You know what? What do you guys think about these revivals um, that's breaking out? Uh, well, I actually saw a list last night of there's like almost twenty, really nationwide. I didn't know that was that. Yeah, yeah wow. there's like twenty nationwide, and it's funny because several of those that have broken out, we've had people that are uh, have either been involved in that area or in some form of capacity that have been on the podcast. It's wild, like uh, Brother Doug Haig. He was a pastor at Bethel uh, Church up in Indiana, where Indiana Wesleyan University yep. is, and that a revival's broke out in Indiana Wesleyan. You know, and then uh, Tuesday we're going to have a guy come on, and we're going to talk about that's actually been to Asbury. He went this week, a friend of mine, and he went to Lee. And and uh, what he told me, I don't want to spill the means before uh, Tuesday we record, but whatever. But he told me, he said it's like, and I told somebody this yesterday, and they got all tore up over it because of the word Aaron used. But I was like. He said it's like organic peace, wow. just just pure, pure peace. peace. He said nobody's orchestrating anything, uh, nobody's like directing or doing anything. He said you can just. He said when I walked in, I just felt the presence of the Almighty. Praise God! And he's like, that's what church is. And he's like, it's un- unreal. And people are like, I saw a picture yesterday, Spencer. At Ashbury, it was coming a flood. I mean, you know, that storm went up through mm-hmm. the valley, you know, the Ohio Valley or whatever, and it was right. And people were standing in line, Roman, in a flood with umbrellas waiting to get in. I mean, listen, wow. you know, when if you're willing to stand, we see people stand in a flood for to get tickets for a concert or get tickets for a ball game, and we're always like, well, why won't people sacrifice like that for the Lord? Well, let me tell you something. They are right now. Amen. They are right now. There, there's a shift in the spiritual realm coming. All these things that we that uh, we're distracted by, sports and all this, which there's good and all that, but we're distracted a lot by it when it comes to the Father and the Lord and the things of God. But the Lord's taking those things back, and he's saying, hey, I've got a remnant. I've got a people that are willing to lay down and sacrifice and do whatever it takes that will go above and beyond like people do in the natural. They're going to go above and beyond for things of the spiritual. You know, people get in their car and drive 15, 20 hours to go get a hint of a revival. Praise God. Well, are they an ambulance chaser? Praise God if they are. If they're a Jesus chaser, chase it. Amen. Get you some and then take it back and let it spread like the fox's tail's burning is what yeah, I say. That's right. You know, so, I mean, yeah, it, I'm excited about it. Meet, I, I could tell. <laughs> I could tell that you're excited. Uh, Spence, what are your thoughts on these revivals that's happening? I just think, uh, you know what it says, and I think in the book of Joel, it says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon them. Your men and women shall prophesy. You will have dreams and visions. And... uh as you see this move of God going, just like Paul said, you know, he's he's pulling his remnant together. And as I thought and prayed upon this, you know, the Lord gave me a verse. It says, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up the standard Amen. against them. Amen. Excuse me, but that's always been a, a verse to me that, that is really powerful because that standard... Is like the flag of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, I think it's on the sands of Iwo Jima where you see the Marines lifting that flag, yeah. that banner, yeah. Yeah. they're putting that standard up. 
And when you read and you study that verse, that standard, it's, it calls all the angels of heaven, the hosts of heaven, coming and surrounding God's mm. people mm. to battle against the enemy. And it says in there that the enemy will vanish away. Mm. So as I see that, you know, it just uh, yeah. to, to see Ooh. this revival good, raise boy. up as God's calling his remnant together. Yes. He's lifting up that standard there's because there's a rallying cry. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and of course, it makes me think of the book of Jude. You know, I've always looked at the book of Jude as a call to arms, you know. When he's telling me, he says, hey, you got to contend for this faith was once given to you. You know, so God is raising up his children. And when you look at it, Tony and I was speaking, uh, it's these young children. It's not your high politicians. It's it's not these, you know, guys that are, are in any kind of power or authority. It's these young guys, these young kids yeah. that don't have this, this uh, 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 prestige or anything. That God is using, you know, he's using these people to come in and to to get this revival going, to let there be a a move of God to come in that, you know, he will bring father and son together, mother and daughter, you know, through these children. So it's just, uh, to me, it's It's just, I'm excited. I'm very excited about it. I saw a thing yesterday too, where, uh, I know you guys are familiar with Tucker Carlson. He's a, yeah. Right, Fox news. right wing Fox yeah. guy or whatever. But anyway, he had contacted Ashbury about coming and they said, Hey, we appreciate it. But this thing is so pure that we don't, we don't want no defilement. We, we don't the media. want media. Yeah. Because it's easy to get this thing linked with political. Like if you come and you're broadcasting, but he was just wanting to go to check it out for himself. But he was so gracious in his response. He said, listen, I totally get it. Yeah. We're not going to cut because it's organic and it's pure and we, we don't want to do anything to hinder that or what God's doing. So we'll stay back. It's a move of God. It's a move of God. And, and he recognized that people recognize when it's really the Lord moving, you know, even, even atheists or people that say they don't believe or agnostic or whatever they know, because here's what, here's the truth about it. When the spirit of God raises up every demon in hell trembles, Amen. every demon in hell trembles. And all these people who say they don't believe or they don't know, or, or, or I, I doubt or this, whatever they have to stand because one day they're going to bow regardless, <laughs> yep. regardless, they're going to bow. bow. <laughs> and, and when the Lord rises up Praise and shows God. his face, they tremble at the presence of who he is because they know their time is short and their time is coming. And they're like, Hey, okay. I'm going to show you the respect that you deserve. I can't come against you right now. I rear my head and I run my mouth, but when the rubber meets the road, you're the king. Amen. And that's the way people need to understand it. When the rubber meets the road, at the end of the day, he's king, and they have no place or authority at all. And you see this. You know, we were talking a while ago before we started the recording here. We were talking about evidence. This is the evidence of a move of God. The Spirit of God is moving. And like Spencer just said, he's using these young people— that way, these Fortune 500 companies or these leader, these great leaders of these nations can't take credit for it. That's right. It's only the Spirit of God yeah. because he's using the weak. He's using the the, the base. He's using the, the common, ordinary people. Right. These young people, like he said, that doesn't have any prestige or they don't have any notoriety. Yeah. He's using them where he can say, this is, this is me. This is Jesus. This is a move of God. I like Tony. I like him, I too. I like Tony, man. <laughs> because when Tony was talking there, I was thinking about 
he didn't call many noble. He didn't <laughs> yeah. call many noble. You know? <laughs> that's, that's First Corinthians chapter one. You know, yeah. you know that God has cho- chosen the foolish things of this world, yeah. the base things, the base and despised, to the confound base. the wise. Absolutely, you absolutely. Know, and that way, that no flesh will glory in His presence. That way, yeah. when people say, "How did you do that?" It wasn't me. It was God. I, right. I don't know. God. It was God. Man, all glory goes to God. Uh, guys, I want to play this little video right here because. Um, the uh, National Collegiate Day of Prayer is February 23rd. Okay. And that will be the 200th anniversary of this National Collegiate Day of Prayer. Um, I was told that this video was played prior to chapel up at Asbury. And after this video is when revival just happened, revival just broke out. So I'd like to play this video and... Um, you know, I've got it. I've got it pulled up here, and everybody will be able to he- hear the audio. But uh, and I'll even send. I'll even put a link in the description on the on the show. But um, campus. I thought I had seen everything, but today I saw something that I have never seen before. It started at ten o'clock yesterday morning. It didn't end at eleven o'clock yesterday morning. It didn't end at eleven o'clock last night. In fact, as Jim and I took the air, it was still going on. It all started when one student gave his testimony. That was followed by another, and the testimonies have been going ever since. And as it spread, people began coming in from all around. Something happened to me as a teenager where God moved in the inside of me and and set me on this trajectory of following him. This is what has happened to so many of us, and this is what we need to see happen in this generation of college students. Someone got on their face. I believe with all my heart that people prayed for me, and now I love him at my age. It's the church's responsibility. God, would you show your mercy on him, on her, just the way you did with me? Because this is their only hope. Mm. We need him to change their hearts so that they can change the direction of our nation. We're asking you, please, join us. Join us for this day of prayer. Join us in praying for these young people. Believe that God can usher in something new through the power of our prayers. Join us on February 23rd, live from Asbury University. Lord, do it again. Oh, wow. Amen. Wow. So they they showed this video, and uh, these kids started crying out to the Lord, started praying and seeking God, and like... uh, well, here we are, however many days after. I don't know how many days it's been going on. It's it's over 10. 10, yeah, it's a week, 10. whatever. Yeah. You know, but it's not like, okay, guys, uh, we're going to go and we're going to do this from like 4 to 10 or whatever. Like, my understanding of it is that it's just nonstop. Yeah. That there's just people mm-hmm. constantly there, constantly worshiping. Yeah. And um, there's a move, guys. Yeah. There's a move of God yeah. happening right here. Um but uh, does anybody else have any thoughts or anything that they wanted to say on during the video? Anything that you were feeling? That Francis Chan, you know, mm-hmm. that dude. <clears throat> you talking about answering the call? He he was at a mega church, a big old big church, and the Lord told him, "said walk away." Yeah, that book, Crazy Love. Yeah, powerful, yeah. powerful book. Hey, Lord told him to walk away. 
And and now he's like his ministry is like inner city street stuff. They sold their home. They live in the inner city now, him and his family, his wife. And I I mean you're talking about answering the call. Amen. And, and that's what we and that's what we're at in our lives right now. God's saying, Hey, I'm doing this, I'm moving. Like I know in my life there's a lot of things fixing to change, but I'm answering the call. I feel like I'm answering the call. Am I nervous? You dang right I'm nervous, but I know he's got me. That don't mean I'm totally confident because I'm pretty confident in what I do. I've been doing it a long time, you know, but when he says to move and you got to step out on faith, when you got to get out of the boat and go to him, hallelujah, it takes a little bit of ump, yes, sir. you know, and, and that's the thing about the people in church right now. We got to have a little bit of ump, you know, and if you don't have that word in you and you don't, you, you don't take that maxim right there and just eat and digest it, you're not going to have enough ump to step out of the boat. Amen. And like Roman was talking earlier, you know, uh, you get people to try to do, and, and, and hey, what's your calling? What's God wants you to do? Well, I'm content to sit here and listen to you tell me what I need to do. I'm, well, God said, hey, I'm not content with you sitting there. I'm content with you moving. I'm content with you being. I'm content with you chasing after me to fulfill your purpose and your destiny of drawing all men unto me. Amen. And you can't draw all men unto me sitting on a padded bench. Yeah, your calling is going to cost you something. Yeah, exactly. you got to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It's going to cost you something. That's calling's it, going to cost you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes courage. It takes courage. Amen. It takes boldness. It takes faith, guys. Um, we haven't been called to just sit idly by. We've been <clears throat> called to serve. Amen. One of the things that uh, Jesus modeled for us is uh, washing his disciples' feet. You know, now I know that we're not, it's not foot washing is not really appropriate in our culture or whatever. And, you know, some people even kind of do it, but you like, it's almost like you're, you're submitting and allowing somebody to do that for uh, submitting and allowing someone to serve you. So that was the first thing. But then here's what Jesus did. He rolled up his sleeves and he did the dirty work. He humbled you know, himself to serve, right? He yes, humbled he himself yeah. to serve. That's guys. what the word says. The greatest mean. example. That's it. So uh, here's here's the, the word that God's laid on my heart today. And it's out of Ephesians chapter number three. And um, like the, the last bit is so good. Like I just want to go, I just want to read through it verse by verse, but I don't, I don't want to miss the word that God has given me. And it's in the, uh, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able yes. <laughs> to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can think or ask, mm-hmm. according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. Guys, What's happening right now in these revivals, I mean, it's not just a series of manufactured meetings. Uh, whenever I saw the the revivals that's happening at Lee University, there was something in my spirit that went, oh, they're just trying to copy Asbury, you know, or oh, they're just, but then I had to rebuke that spirit because it's like, no, that's a, that's a spark that, it, that could ignite a flame. Amen. Mm-hmm. If kids are hungry <clears throat> for this, if families are hungry for this, why not? Why not? And and you, as you can see, it's starting to kind of branch off. And, and God's people are sensitive to it. We're talking about something that's happening in, in Kentucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in our spirit, we want revival. I want, I want to see revival. Now, I don't want to call a series of meetings and let's meet for an hour, an hour and 
15, two hours, whatever. Man, I just want God to pour out his spirit Amen. and I want to be in his presence. And I believe Amen. that God's able. Yeah. yeah. I believe that God's able to do that. You know, that, uh, that God doesn't necessarily come through. And this is something that this is a quote that I wrote. Uh, this is a quote that I read that revival doesn't come through rejoicing. Revival comes through agony. Mm. Revival comes through brokenness and crying out, God, we need you. Yes, Lord. Lord, we need your spirit because here's the thing, guys. A lot of us, you know, we, we do rejoice and a lot of people say, well, I'm good. I'm good. I can't tell you how many people I've ministered to. And they said, well, me and God are cool. Me, me, (laughs) yeah, me Me and God are good. Me, me and God are good. Spencer, you mean, you said, you said earlier had a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Mm. You know, like you knew about God and you knew about Jesus. But man, when God got a hold of you and transformed you, you've never been the same, have no, you? No, sir. When you have an encounter with the king and it doesn't change your life, it doesn't change your lifestyle, it doesn't change everything about you, you better question, did you really have an encounter with the king? Yeah, that's true. Because my bet is you didn't. Mm. Yeah. You've had an encounter with another Jesus as it preaches in Galatians. Yeah. You know, so... It uh, in the book of Titus, you know it. it uh, Tony and I have been going over it some. I think there's seven times it talks about a peculiar people zealous of good works. You know, we know good works don't get you to heaven, but if you've had that true encounter with the King, the fruit of that yes. is going to be the works that you produce. Yeah, when you was talking a minute ago, Paul about Jesus was called to be a servant. Also, when he pulled his disciples in, he sent 70 out two by two. Yeah. And he sent them to the trenches. He sent them out. They didn't go to the synagogues. They didn't go. They went out in the trenches. They went out where the people were at. They went out to meet the need of the people where the people were at. And I think that's what this uh, revival is doing. It's it's raising up kids to where they can prepare. He can prepare them to go out into the trenches to get out and meet the people where they're at. A lot of people are never going to enter the church. Yeah. Their their shadows never going to darken the doorstep. So as Christ did, we do also. We go out and we meet them where they're at. We start knocking on doors. We show them the love of Christ, mm-hmm. the dedication, the change that he's had when we've had that encounter with the king. Yeah. We come uncomfortable. Yeah. All just it. like you said, we have to become uncomfortable. And that's exactly what Christ did when he left that throne of glory. Yeah. He became uncomfortable. He became uncomfortable. Yeah. He suffered as a man. That's it. He humbled himself even to the point of death, the death of the cross, it says. Mm. And when you consider that, it says in the book of Hebrews, it says, you have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. That's mm. what he did. Yeah. You get uncomfortable. You go out to the doorsteps. You go out to where the people, they got a need. They need to hear that word. They need to hear that maxim. And it's just like you said, Roman, if you don't have that word in you, Spencer Coon's words are going to fall to the right. ground. Amen. But it says of Samuel... It says the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground because he spoke the word of God as he heard an oracle of God. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. Yeah. Prayer, fasting, the, the outcries that are going on, this, this drug epidemic. The enemy's on the move, and the Lord is raising up a remnant. He's 
he's going to come in you and know. he's going to make them vanish away. Well, yeah. Think about the cost of revival. Amen. You know, will revival cost us anything? Spencer, you said it. Fasting, praying. Yeah. I mean, see, if, if, if we're good and we're happy with our cars, we're happy with our homes, we've got plenty of food on our table, we've still got our Netflix subscription, you know, we've got clothes to wear, and, like, our kids are healthy. Like, do we really need God? I think that's the, I mean, like, Paul, we've talked about that. Yeah. You know, we're so blessed now in our world. It's almost like people like, well, I I don't really need God, and me, me and God are good. You know, and there's very few people that are just broken, broken and ready to see a move of God. And, guys, I know that I want to see revival in my spirit, but, you know, God hasn't broke me. And, uh, I mean, gentlemen, I'm just being honest with y'all. I don't really want God to break me, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to be taken to that place of desperation and brokenness. Like, I want to live in the goodness of God. Amen. I want to dwell in his courts. I want to, I just want to take the time now to just acknowledge him as God. And I have to be like, okay, Lord, you, I don't need you to teach me anything right now. I just want to praise you for who you are. Cause Lord, I fear you and I honor you. Lord, I know that you're able, um, but whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes, if God, if, if you, if you need to humble me, God, I'm prepared to go through that battle. Lord, if you want to exalt me, Lord, I'm prepared. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. But I just wanted to read this, you know, read this word. No matter where you're at or no matter what you're facing, God is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that you can think or ask. Mm. Think about that. You've got a need in your family, God's able. Amen. You've got a need in your relationship, God is able. I've heard of two men this week. Two men this week that their wives have left them. Oh, well. Let me tell you something. God is able. But are you going to be a man that chases after the world, or are you going to be a man that chases after God's heart? Amen. That's the choice you got. Yeah. There's two paths. I mean, it, the Bible's clear all the way from the from the beginning to the end. The Bible's clear. You got you got to make a choice. Yeah. You got this path or this path. You either choose the world or you choose the Lord. There's no there's no standing on the sidelines. There's no gray area. It is yeah. what it is. Some men think, well, my responsibility is to you know give my wife and children you know a home and and to work sixty hours a week and to make sure that there's food on the table and or you know or like. I'm doing my job, and that's and that's the role of men in society. Let me tell you something. The best thing you can give your family is a godly father or a godly husband. Amen. Yeah. The best thing for your wife. <clears throat> Listen, if you women, if you want a man that's really going to love you, don't find a man that's going to buy you a diamond ring. Find a man who has a heart for God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Because you, that's true love. A man who's surrendering to the Lord. A man who's humble unto the Lord. You'll never have a greater husband than having a man. Amen. Who loves God and, and men same way, you know, you know, it's nice to have a wife that looks good in a bikini, you know, 
Or it's nice to have a woman that, you know, she'll dress up or she'll doll up or, you know, hey, it's even, you know what, almost forget about the wife in a bikini right now or forget about the wife. I'd like to have, you know, and, and I'm, you know, if my wife listens, she's going to kill me. But, you know, just having a woman that'll make supper for you or having a woman that, that'll, clean, that'll clean the house for you, you know, like. Oh, he's in trouble. I, I, it's, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, we, we, those things, those things are nice and those things are good and all, but it's like, men, that's. That's not what a, a, a that's not what you need in your life. That that type of woman right there, find you a virtuous woman. Amen. A woman after God, a Proverbs 31 Amen. woman. Yeah. A woman who loves the Lord and that seeks God first, that seeks God early in the morning. You want to experience love, you find and and so pray for that. Pray for your husband, pray for your wife. Allow God into your relationship. Allow God into your marriage. But you see, I think that's that's pro- that's the problem, is we're too busy keeping up with the Kardashians. We're mm-hmm. too busy, you know, keeping up with the world system. And we know about God. And I think it goes back to Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. <clears throat> the Bible says God is love, you know, uh, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church who loved it and gave himself for it. God first, then your spouse, then your family. That's the order that God put things. You know, without God at the top of that, you can't love your spouse or your family the way you're supposed to. Right. You you have to be a man or a woman of God. That's yeah. the hierarchy. That's, that's how God established Amen. it. Amen. That's how God established the home. And so when we say, well, God is able it's not like God just going to magically, you know, wave his wand and say, okay, well, we're just going to put this in. No, you got to put God first. You got right. to. You've got to get humble before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And there's a word that we don't always like to use, but it's used in Revelation with all of these churches that had kind of drifted from the Lord. It's the big R repent. Repent. Yeah. Repent. Yeah. To the church that was at Ephesus. The Lord gave him many good commendations, but he said, this one thing I have against you, yes, you've left your first you love. Left your first mm-hmm. love. Forgotten what was important. Forgotten the order of things. And he said, repent and go back to your first works. Guys, I'm telling you what, God ought to be our first love. Always. God ought to be our first love, our primary love. He ought to be our, and when we wake up in the morning, you know, I can't remember who it was that said this to me. I think it was you, Paul, or something. Before we grab our phones in the morning, the first thing we ought to do is go to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. Well, guess what happens to me? Ever since you've said that, my phone is sitting right by my bedside, and I go, oh. <laughs> I reach for my phone. It's like, okay. You know, I'm going to start my day with a prayer of thanksgiving unto the Lord. Yeah. You know, and uh, and it, it, it helps. Yeah. It, it just gets my mind focused on the Lord. You know, um, guys, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm rambling here. But well, what does the scripture say? Delight yourself in the Lord. We're, we're not delighting in the Lord. Uh, we're we're all cool with Jesus. Yeah, me and Jesus are cool. We're good. We're good. We're good. As long as he fits into your agenda. Yeah. What you're doing. I read a story this week of a girl that went to the revival. She said, "I spent twelve hours." I mean, let's be real. You're a businessman. I'm a businessman. How easy is it, honestly, when you got 50 people barking at you, where's my block or where's my lights? Where's my power to say, hey, 
the Lord told me to go sit up here for 12 hours and seek him. Amen. I'm going. And I've got 20 people barking at me. You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be a man of God. You're supposed to do blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I get that. And I'm going to do what I say. But give me a minute. The Lord's told me to come up here and seek him for a moment. Amen. And, And people of the world do not understand the things of God. They don't understand that. I promise you that the spirit in me won't let me do you wrong if you'll just lay back and give me a minute. But I can't talk to them like they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand. But and that and that's the trouble and that's the fight. Yeah, they're cool with God as long as he meets their criteria and their agenda. But the people that are really humbling and seeking after God, they don't put any trust or faith in. They just think you're out to hoodoo them like the rest of the world. And, and and it's it, it just it baffles me the way people are and the and the way because here's the deal and this glory to God in heaven Amen. when this revival broke out at Asbury I thought God man I'd love to go boys I in my heart I knew one guy that would drop it all and go. I didn't have enough in me to drop it and go. That old boy dropped it and went. He did. I knew he would, man. Because yeah. he texted me and he said, hey, I've got, I said, I knew it. I said, I've told three people this week that you would go. That you would go. And he went. But I want that in me to where, hey, if the Lord says go to City Co today and pray, I'm going to be willing to drop that three or four or $500 I'm going to make that day and go to City Co. Hey, listen, Lord's told me to go to City Co. I hope you understand. I'll be there tomorrow. And the thing is, Brother Paul, God God will, he will honor that obedience. We just don't need, we're so short-sighted and we're so, these thoughts come in. Yeah, yeah. but uh, what if I displease them? What if I yeah. can't get this job done? I lose this contract. This yeah. happens, that, that, that. And, and then, now we're now we're distracted. Yeah. So we 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 fall out of the presence of God in that moment, that tugging that He had on our heart, that that cry, that anguish. Please come be before me. Get in the presence of the Lord. Get on your face. Cry yeah. out to me. We allow those distractions in, and then, and then how, would I, yes. how I would say that Tony is uh, when he said, "And be not conformed to this world." Amen. Yeah. Amen. We're brother. Conf- we conform. Twelve. Yeah. We conform to the world so often. Yeah. We cave to the world's demands. Yeah. You know, the Bible says be transformed, be a peculiar people, be a people set aside. Um, I've got another video I want to play right here for you guys, but um, let's get some more thoughts on this. Anybody else got something they want to say or add? Well, I just think that because this is uh, something I've been battling, you know, that Paul's brought up, uh, you know, just been straight out of prison, got my business started, and I have a lot of contracts that I have, I'm obligated to. Yeah. And I, I think about every morning when I got up in prison, every morning, the first thing I'd do, I'd lay there and I'd just praise God, thank God, just worship God first thing in the morning. Every morning I'd hit my knees on my bunk and I'd just praise and worship God. And I don't do that as much as I did. I still get up in the morning, I'll lay there and I'll pray. Sometimes I get up and run straight to the coffee pot, get to work and my mind goes to working on my business. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm obligated to these these uh, businessmen, these contractors that I've got to do because I don't want to 
I don't want to lose my business and I don't want to disappoint anybody yeah. because I do have the emblem of the the fish and the cross. Yes. I do represent Jesus Christ and I don't want nobody to be able to talk <laughs> bad about that. Right. <clears throat> But I think the thing is, is even though, like you were saying, Roman, we are obligated to do this. We don't become nomads. We have this certain responsibility to do good business because we do proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. But at the same time, as Roman was, or as as Paul was saying, if I hear the voice of the Lord telling me to go to Sitico, telling me to go to Ashbury, as Peter told him, do we obey God or man? Yeah. If God's telling me to do something, just like Tony said, He's got God's going to honor that. He's going to make everything else be okay. Yeah, let the dead bury the dead. Let the dead bury the dead. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. So we've got to get in that position. And you've heard in my testimony the one time we done all the burpees, and I come in and I was ready to go eat, you know, and the Lord said, "Take a shower." Yeah. And it wasn't the shower or the food; it was just hearing that voice of the Lord on a little small thing like that. And I've had another instance here lately where the Lord told me something and I held on to it and it came through just as the Lord told me. And it was just, I just broke down and I thank God, <laughs> thank you. I'm still hearing from you yeah. because as we don't hear the Lord every day or something like that, we question ourselves. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger, they will not follow. Mm-hmm. Lord, am I getting too idle? Am I getting too slack, Lord? Lord, Bring me back to remembrance the good things that you've done in my life. Yeah. Make sure I don't lose let, my first love. Let me yeah, not lose that first love as you say. Amen. Yeah. So if we go to, I think it's 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, examine yourself, prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you not know that Christ lives in you? Yeah. Unless you're a reprobate, reprobate being a castaway, thrown away, worthless. Yeah. So we have to examine ourselves daily Amen. to yes. know that we're still in the faith. Yeah. Because Amen. if we're not hearing that voice of the Lord, brother, that that's something I yearn for more than anything. Yeah. More than anything. And that's got to be fair. I, it's funny that you uh, mentioned your your sign on your truck because when I pulled in, I saw that, and I and I remember when I first started my business yeah. years ago, uh, it was called Shine Electric, and it was Matthew five sixteen, let your light shine before men, Amen. so see your good works and glorify your Father who Amen. art in heaven. And, and so I splattered that all over my vans. Let your light shine among men, and I never will forget. I pulled in, and this old man goes, "You're insane." I said, "Insane? What are you talking about?" He said, "How can you put that on your van?" Why would you want that on? People aren't going to use you with that on your van. They're just going to think you're crooked. Using the Christian front, he said. Mm -hmm. I said, well, sir, I said, that's my life. God gave me that van. Amen. God gave me this business. God gave it all to me. Why would I not give it to him and honor him and everything that he's given me? Amen. And that guy just looked at me and looked at me and looked at me. But I'm telling you right now, the fact that I splattered that on that van, 22 years later, God's still blessing me. Amen. He's still blessing me because I stood my ground and I glorified the one who gave me all things. Amen. He gave me everything. He gave me life. He gave me health. He gave me a family. He gave me my groceries. He pays my light bill. He gives me everything. Whether I make $100 or I make $20 or I go out and I hang a fan for a lady that ain't got no money, she gives me some canned tomatoes. God takes care of me. Praise God. And if you will honor him in all things, he will take care of you. Bottom line, no questions asked. It's his and you're his. Be his and watch him work. 
I'm fired up today. Man. Amen. That's a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let me uh, play this little clip right here. Uh, we're going to watch another little interview uh, in the house, but you guys get to hear it on the show. We've been crying out for revival in our city. We've been learning about revival, but I've never seen it. I didn't even know it was real. I'm like, they're, I'm just sitting in class and they're telling us all these stories on college campuses and then going across the nation. And we're like, where, when is this going to happen? And then they lock you in a prayer room and you're just like, hey, you got to ask for it. And we're just sitting there like, God, I'm asking, what, what does it look like? And then all of a sudden, my friend Jaden says, dude, if Jesus just localized himself and just sat his throne in a room, how could we not drive six and a half hours to go Amen. <laughs> and we get here. And we get here, and it was like completely, we get here at like 6 a.m., and it's completely silent. And I'm like, well, um, is this revival, God? And uh, we walk upstairs because we're kind of nervous. We're like kind of shaking already. We didn't get any sleep. Just they're terrible road trip partners. They both fell asleep. I drove most of the way. But besides that, we go upstairs and there's people like sleeping. And we're like, so this is revival, God? No. Cool. This, this is awesome. And then chapel starts. And immediately we just see people flooding in. And God said, revival isn't hype. It's ordinary people who are hungry. Yeah. Amen. And he Amen. said, Gage, I'm going to need you to go to the altar. And I'm like, I don't want to go to the altar. <laughs> and he's like, go to the altar. And I go to the altar and worship starts. And he's like, this is revival. Look left. And I look left. And there's this young college woman getting prayed over by an older woman. And he says, look right. And then there's this young guy praying over an older guy. And he says, look behind you. And everyone's just raising their hands. And he said, Gage, this is revival. It isn't hype. It's ordinary people crying out for a move of God in our generation. And I'm here yes, Lord. to everybody in this room who is hungry. What an honor. What an honor it is to be here. Revival's real. It isn't just a story we've heard about. It's come. And it's not just come here today, but it's about to spread out to the nations. It's about to spread out to the United States. And I'm here to talk to every young person in this room. I just gave my life a year and a half ago to Christ, and it has been the greatest thing I have ever done. I like everything, Testify, brother. and I'm here to talk to every young person in this room. Forget the job, forget the girl, forget the guy, forget everything. He's worthy, he's worthy, and I'm here. And I'm just saying, oh, it's such an honor. If you don't feel that joy inside of you, I don't know what's going on. It's real. Amen. Fire, Amen. Lord. Yes. He's ready. Yeah, sure. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Guys, give me some thoughts on that video. It's powerful right there. I, I'd like to comment on it a little bit. Uh, about 14 months ago, I was still sitting in a federal prison, and this young brother with the gift of prophecy laid hands on me. He said, Tony, he said, God is fixing to do big things in and around you. And I said, so I'm going home early. I'm getting released early. He said, yeah, that, that's given. I, and I hadn't been approved yet. He said, that's a given. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you get out. I said, really? And let me tell you, God has done some amazing things around in my life, restoration. And, and, and from the very moment he placed me in the, in the river of life down there, the pastor and everybody involved, they've, he's always lifted up the young people. Every, every sermon, he says, pray for our youth, pray for the young people, pray for this next generation coming up. 
And we have. We would, uh, my fiance and I and brothers and sisters, we would all join together in, in prayer. And you see God moving. You see it in that. You see it in the movement that's going on right now. I was standing in Lowe's in Athens getting ready to check out, and I had a fresh fire shirt on, you know, out yeah. of the book of Acts. And a guy walks by me, and he does a U-turn, and he comes back, and he says, if we can just live that right there, he said, God can move. I said, brother, you don't, and we began to build. And he said, let me tell you what God showed me. He said, God gave me a vision. He said, I'm walking down the street in the city, walking down the street. And he said, water is coming down. And he said, the water gradually gets deeper and deeper. He said, but it doesn't go up past my knees. He said, it starts to go off into the houses around me. He said, God is moving. He is pulling. He's going into the homes. He's going into the trenches and he's pulling his remnant. He said, you are, you are a brand plucked from the fire for future use. He plucked us from the fire, Spencer and I, and, and he set us aside, study, show yourself approved. He said, I got a plan for you. I'm going to pull my remnant together. There's a move of God coming. And he said this. He said, this is only the beginning, brothers. This is only the beginning. Mm. He said, God is moving. God is moving in this place. He's moving in this country. He said, the moral decline in this nation, it's just so much corruption. You know, it's it's identity crisis. It's, It's the epidemic of this fentanyl. Our young people are dying around us, and God is brokenhearted. My kids are dying. He said, I've had enough. I'm moving. He said, I need my people to stand. Amen. Yeah. That's what that gentleman just said. <laughs> Ordinary people standing for God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's who he's looking for. Yeah. Paul, when that yeah. guy said, uh, he said, we've been, he said, we lock ourselves in this room and we're praying for revival. He said, then my friend says that God has localized his throne six hours away. Amen. He said, how could we not drive? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> how could we not go? How could we not go? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Guys, I'm telling you what. Um, <laughs> Could we not go? Yeah. I mean, well, think about, I mean, what is God asking for us to give up for revival? Man, oh, man. What would it What would it take for revival to happen here? Pray for 10 minutes. Pray for 50, pray for an hour. Turn off your TV. Read your Bible. Have church yeah. for more than, more than two hours. Yeah. You know, I mean, what what is God asking for, of us for revival? I'll tell you how we could start revival. Make him our life. Amen. A lot of people don't make him their life. How's he going to revive something when it's half-hearted? When your relationship's half-hearted, why would he revive that? There's no sincerity in it. You know, if you half-heartedly love your wife, she ain't going to want to be around you much. No. Well, see, let, now let's, let's go with that. Let's just say that somebody is half-hearted. Let's say that if somebody is... If you make that, if you renew that commitment unto the Lord, you see, that's where revival begins. Yes. You've got to be like, in order to be revived, like something needs to have gone out, right? Yes. Something needs to have been. So yeah. if somebody is broken, if somebody is hurting, if somebody has walked away, yeah. they're a perfect candidate for revival. Amen. Amen. That. You know, yep. and, and see those people who say, well, God's done give up on me or I've gone too far, or I've done too much, here's what I have to say. You're a perfect candidate for revival. <laughs> Amen. You know what I mean? Um, you meet the criteria. You meet the criteria. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, but we've got we've got to get so tired of what the world offers that we're ready to turn to God. That's it. That's where, that's where revival that's, comes, that's where we good. just we say, you know what, I'm, 
I'm finished with all of this other stuff. You know, I've tried the world and I've come back empty. God, I just need you. Yeah, Lord, yeah, I just yeah. need your presence. Lord, reveal yourself unto me. You know, uh, does God always reveal himself? Like I've had people before in church and they'll say, well, you know, I was just praying that uh, if God really wanted me to do that, that he'd make the lights flicker. You know, or, or that God would God would do this. You know, don't make demands of God like no, that. No, yeah. you know that's that. But if you feel the Lord leading in your heart, you step out on faith. And if you want God to confirm it, He'll confirm it in His Word. Yeah. Okay. Um, somebody else. Give, well, give that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that your conscience bears you witness, your thoughts accusing or else excusing you is what it says in Romans. But going back to what you said a minute ago. You know, and, and it goes back to what we were talking about before we went on the air, hope. Yeah. The Bible says as long as there's breath in man, there is hope. Yeah. For a live dog is better than a dead lion. It doesn't matter what you've done. <laughs> yeah. It don't matter how far you've you've left. As long as there's breath in you, there is hope. Yes. That hope is what we have. That's what we live for. Mm. We have a hope that no one else, no other religion has. We have the evidence of that hope. Yes. In the risen Christ, we have the evidence through revivals, through life-changing experiences where people were broken, uh, devastated, caught in addiction, prostitution, whatever it is. And then you look back to what the Bible teaches Mary Magdalene. She was the first one that Christ revealed himself to mm. when he was resurrected. This this woman of ill reproof. Broken. The, broken. The, the, the broken, the base, the despised. God is sending his people out. He's raising them up to send out in the trenches. And what you got to ask yourself, are you be are you willing to be one of those yeah. to go out into the trenches, to put aside? Jesus said, uh, uh, no greater love than this than a man lay down his life for his neighbor. Yeah. Okay, and I've always taught that. That's like, let's say, Roman, you and I are neighbors. We don't get along. It's time to plant a garden. I've got my garden out. I keep watching you. You've not got your garden out. I notice you got a broke leg. My kids, hey, Dad, let's go to the lake. You know what? Let's go over here and plant garden for this yeah. man. Yeah, That's laying down your life. That's putting yourself aside mm-hmm. for your neighbor. That's going to somebody, whether they care about you or not, and offering help, offering assistance, because that's what Christ did for us. He laid down his life to help us. Yep. And that's what he says. No greater love is this. That's yep. the cost of revival. That's the cost. That's the cost. And, yeah. and to comment on that, I, uh, the Lord put a question on my heart almost two weeks ago now, and I, me and Spencer had been chewing on it a little while. He said, is it love if it doesn't cost you anything? Amen. Amen. Because it, And the two greatest examples he gave me, he said, God so loved the world that he gave. Yes. Okay, and then Jesus asked Peter, he said, do you love me? Mm-hmm. He said, yes. Three times he asked him. He said, feed my sheep. It cost Peter something. So all you listeners out there and you brothers here, examine yourself. Ask yourself, is it love if it doesn't cost you anything? I mean, I can I can walk by this man on the street and say, I love you, brother. But if he's still laying there in need of something to eat or and, he, and I see that he's cold and I don't offer him help, it's my words matching mm-hmm. my walk. I mean, what yeah, is it really love? It didn't cost ground. me anything, yeah. you know? They're, they fall to the ground, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. The, and that's what I've been chewing on for the last couple of weeks now, and, and it really makes you question your words, wow. you know? Yeah. yeah. Does it cost L- you something? Listen to this in Titus. You alluded to this earlier. Titus. It says, 
uh, chapter 2, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Ooh. Jesus Christ, yes, who Lord. gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Listen to this. Declare these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Let no one disregard you. Now, listen, I've heard a lot of people on, on social media and, and on media disregarding this thing because it's young people between the age of 18 and 25. Hey, these, these people don't know. They don't really know God. Hallelujah. In the latter days, I'm coming through the young people. Amen. Amen. Young people, my sons and my daughters are going to prophesy. It's coming through them. So I, I love the fact that he says, hey, I've called you out of this for my, you're my possession. <laughs> you're, you belong to me. It don't matter what they say, Tony. Amen. They can disregard me all they want. But listen, I have been bought for his possession, Spencer, the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega, the Great yes. I Am, the First and Last. I belong to him. I'm his possession, and he will do with me as he pleases. Amen. So you were Speak bought it, with brother. a price. God, it's good. He said you were bought with a price of glorify God in your body. Mm. Right? Amen. Here I am, Lord, send me. You know, whatever. <laughs> that sort of thing. Amen. You know, yeah. God, if you say go. I'll go. Yeah. If you say wait, I'm going to wait. Yeah. If you say step out on the water, and they say it can't be done, God will fix our eyes on you. Yeah. And we'll go. Yes, yes Lord. So you know, good. Yeah, guys, man. Wow. I yeah. heard a story this week. I can't shut up. I'm sorry. No. But, but I heard a story this week, you know, how uh, it says that he's going to separate, you know, the wheat and the chaff the, yep. and the wheat and the tares and all that, the sheep and the goats. And and the Lord came and said, "Hey, there's a fence right down the middle," and the and the Lord came and said, "Hey, listen, if you guys want holiness, if you want purity, if you want hope, and you want eternal life, come with me." So part of the crowd went with him. Well, then the devil showed up and said, "Hey, if you want to live the luscious life of this world and and fulfill all your fantasies and all the lust of your flesh, come with me." So these guys went, and one dude remained sitting on the fence, and he's just sitting there. Right? Well, the devil comes back a little time later and says, what are you going to do, man? And uh, he goes, well, I just can't make my mind up. He said, I, part of me wants to go serve God, and part of me wants to just go live and do what I want to. And he, I just don't know what to do. And the devil said, well, you're going to have to make your mind up. And he's like, well, well I'm just sitting here on this fence. And the devil looked at him and said, well, you got to understand something, buddy. I own the fence. That's right. Yep. I own the fence. It'll be mm. hot or cold if you're lukewarm. I'll mm, spew mm, you mm. out of my mouth. I own, <clears throat> I own the fence. And I think there's a lot of people today, they need to realize that, hey, the enemy owns the fence. The enemy Amen. owns the fence. That's you right. know, uh, It's time to get off the fence because he's calling his people to holiness and, and to that blessed hope of who he is. He's calling us to that. And, hey, we all struggle with being on the fence at times, boys. Let's just be real. We struggle at times of being on the fence and, and making decisions. And God's saying, hey, that time is over. That time is finished. I died to get you off that fence. That's right. Come unto me. Come unto me. To not make a decision 
is to make yes. a decision. Yes, it is. To not serve and pursue after the Lord. Yeah. Yep. Guys, we've got to pursue after the Lord. I love what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I press toward the mark, the mark yep. of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. We've got to advance the kingdom. Jesus said, go, seek ye first the kingdom of God. All of these things, you know, are action. Go, serve, do, press toward. You know, he, uh, you know, even if he says wait, yeah. Even if he says wait, you know, I know that may be passive, but still we're waiting expectantly. Sometimes he said, when you've done all you can do, just stand. Yeah. But when you're in his presence and when you're on his promises, you know, I mean, I hope that everybody who's serving the Lord, I hope that you, know, I mean, you see, that's when you're humble before God, like you, you just know when you're in the battle and our spirit bears witness with our, with, with others that we're children of God. Yeah. But then, you know, those Paul, that uh, that they that they claim to be serving the Lord, they've got a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Um, get get in the battle with Christ. That's what I want to say to people. Uh, well, Tony, give us some closing thoughts here. We're going to try to wrap this thing up for the day. Right, uh, I'd like to throw a quote out there that I I heard years ago that's really stuck in my spirit, and it uh, it goes like this: It says, "Your life, the very breath that you breathe, is a gift from God." Yeah. What you do with your life is your gift to God. Mm. So I, I just want you to examine yourself. That's what kind good. of gift are you presenting to God? Are you presenting a life laid down? Are you presenting your all, a surrender? You know, and, and that's, you know, uh, my fiance and I had done a study here a while back, and it says surrender and submission. And we studied those two words out. Surrendering is surrendering your heart to God. Submission is submitting your ways to God. Mm. And it's like allowing if you take the picture of a horse, it's allowing the horse is allowing you to put a bridle on. All right. That's surrender. Now submitting is allowing him to direct you with that bridle. That's the two things. So what kind of gift are you offering God as you lay your life down in, in service to God, he will honor that. I promise you he will. I've tried every other way in the world, every other way in the world. It's nothing compared to this beautiful, wonderful life that God has planned for me. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That's a personal testament. Thank you for coming here, Tony. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, brother. Yes, sir. Spencer, give us some closing thoughts. Well, you know, I've got uh, one thing that the Lord had given me a a long time ago, and I'd wrote it down, and it goes back to what we were uh, speaking before we went on the air. A lot of people say, you know, well, God knows my heart uh, and things like that. So I found a scripture to prove people that what it says is in Proverbs twenty seven nineteen. It says, as water reflects your face, so do your actions reflect what's in your heart. And as I pondered on that, the Lord gave me something. It says a belief, no matter how sincere, if not reflected in reality, is not a belief. It's a delusion. Mm. So if you say that you believe in Jesus Christ and your actions are not reflecting that belief, Mm. then you better question yourself. If you're not willing to recognize that he's pulled you out of the dirt, no matter if you've been to prison like me or lived a, a, a life that you think is pleasing unto God, if you're not showing a reflection of what Christ has done for you, that he's pulled you out, examine yourself like it says in the Bible. And that's something all of us have to do. All of us have to examine ourselves. So, you know, that's that's what I'd like to just leave with is, is everyone examine yourself. You see this revival going on. Ask yourself, where am I at with you, Lord? 
What do you need me to do? Yeah. Where can I go? How can I be of service to you, Lord? Revive my heart, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Revive my heart. Amen. Amen. Yes, amen. Thank you amen. for sharing that, Spencer. Paul, close us out, brother. Listen, I've been waiting for weeks to tell this story, and I saved it for today. Amen. I saved it for today because I knew Spencer was going to be here. I want to read the scripture, and if I squall, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Matthew six twenty two through 24 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. About a month ago, maybe a little longer, I met you in the alley. Amen. Amen. It was early in the morning. And I've been struggling, going through some stuff. And I walked up and I talked to you. And all I could see was the oceans of heaven in your eyes, man. Praise God. (laughs) And it wrecked me to the point I couldn't stand there and look at it. I was like, my God, my God. This is what I want. This is where I need to be. This is what I've got to have. And I went and I got in my truck and I repented for 15 minutes, man. I squalled and I unloaded my heart to before the throne room of God because I was so convicted of seeing the ocean of his love and who he was in your eyes that I desperately wanted that in my life. I wanted that in my life. So I just want to say, man, I love you, Spencer. I love you too, man. I appreciate you because... The eyes are the light to the soul. Amen. And your eyes were an ocean to heaven to me that day. And they brought me where I needed to be, man. And that, as Christians, are where we got to be. And that's what we're called to do, man. So I appreciate you. Paul, what you don't know is after we met that day, I went back in the house. Did the guys tell you I came back over there looking for you? Uh Uh-uh, no. I went back over there looking for you because the Lord gave me a word to tell you that he loved you. I went back over there and I talked to your crew and I said, where's Paul at? I need to talk to him a minute. And they said, he just left. And I thought, Lord, I failed him. But I can tell you now, God told me that day when I went back in that house to come over and find you and tell you he loves you. Amen. 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 Praise God. What about that? Healing and restoration in the studio today, guys. And that's what God's love does. It heals. It binds us together. Yeah. And you know what? It's warm. Right? It's like a jacket. When you put on Jesus, man, it just warms you up and protects you. So we thank God for that. Um, If you've enjoyed the show today, be sure to check us out on uh, at Facebook at Truth Revival three seven three eight five for Tony Meeks, Spencer Coon, and Paul Chapman. I'm Roman Hamilton. Revival is is here. Revival's on the way. Revival's here. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise. This has been Truth Revival. We're out of here. Praise God.